Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week me and Miss Boo take turns picking films to watch and talk about. Some are good, some are bad, but at the Film Club, well, we get to talk about ourselves this week. Yeah, it's kind of different not talking about one set movie. Yeah, this one is going to be interesting. It's the first time we just get to talk about us as people in the context of the movies, because that's what we're about here. Yeah, because even if you knew us on a personal level, it still all revolves around movies. More or less, more or less. But uh, yeah, so why don't you explain to everybody why we decided to do this episode. So for New Year's Eve this year, we're not going to pick a movie. We're going to be talking about kind of like 20 movies in one episode. So bear with us. But this is our year in review since we've been around for a little over a year. We just celebrated our one year anniversary in October. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite episodes, some of our least favorite episodes, and just overall movies. Yeah, we figured this would be easier to do than watching a movie right on Christmas Eve, because I'm, I'm going to get blasted. I ain't going to lie to anybody. Uh, this is our New Year's Eve episode, so... Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, I'm still hungover. <laughs> uh-huh. But as it goes, where do you want to get started on this one? Because we actually got a couple of questions we got in from people who listen to the show, who've talked to us in like real life, that yeah. we thought would be interesting. But well, uh, do you want to start off with the big one? Yeah, I think we should do the the big one, which is, what are our top 10 all-time favorite movies? Uh, yeah, so I'm bad, and I came up with a top 20 out of a oh, list wow. of 100 movies. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'll just rattle off all my favorite movies real quick. It can't be that long. It was like 100 movies, and I'm like, all right, now which are my real favorite movies? And it was like 20 movies, and I was like, all right. Now I had to, like, weight them. It became a tier list, like Smash Brothers, and it, it was a whole thing. Yeah, because, um... This is kind of like games that we like to play when we're driving in the car, where we do like Desert Island movies, um, Desert what, Island books. What, what album would you take with you to space? All, all that fun stuff. Yeah, all sorts of games where you sit there and it's just like, oh my god, these are like the only, you know, ten things I can listen to forever. So, yeah, so why not bring it on here? So, do you want to tell your list first? Do you want me to tell my list? I figure, you know, I'd say my ten, you say your ten. We kind of go back and forth and lead up. Sure. So... At ladies first. Would you want me to start from 10 down? Yeah, we start at the... You start at 10 and work your way up to number one. Like that's All how, right. That, have you never done this before? Well, I mean, we're doing this for the podcast, so it's brand new. So my number 10, because I know we were talking about this before we started recording, you kind of guessed a couple that were on my list. Yeah, we were both able to figure each other's top three pretty easily, yeah. but it was the... The rest of the four list. Four through 10 that was like, I have no idea. Yeah, okay, so... My number 10 on my list is Casablanca from 1942. Really? Starring Humphrey Bogart and um, Ingrid Bergman. Okay, why, why Casablanca? Yes, I love Casablanca. There's just something so... It's just iconic. I understand it's iconic. It's Casablanca and Blanca. Yeah. But I'm just curious, you know, what 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 really hits you, you know, in the feels? Is it, you know, the, the romance, the tragedy, you know? Is it's, it the fact it... that Humphrey Bogart is just a great actor? I mean, they're both great actors. Very good, yes. Um, I mean, I think every time I think about it or I watch it, I think of As Time Goes By. And it's just, you see the heartbreak in, in both of their eyes throughout the entire movie. And it's just, it's for the the greater good. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you still, at the end of each movie, you wish they're going to you know finally come together. And it's like, no, they're not. Yeah. You know, he's got to do what he's got to do. And she's got to go off and, you know, save the world. So, yeah, I love Casablanca. Yeah, Casablanca's a good movie. 
But my number 10 is the greatest movie. Oh, God. What is it? Okay. It's not the greatest, but it's one of the greatest. It's Night of the Hunter. Uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Not many people have. (laughs) Okay. So tell us about it. It is a black and white uh, noir thriller film uh, directed by Charles Lawton back from like 1960 something or maybe like 59. I can't. It might have been 55. Shit. It's a very, very old movie. Mm-hmm. But it stars Robert Mitchum, and he's this preacher who, who, who's the serial killer. And he travels through the American South. It's during the, the Depression. Yeah. And he infiltrates these communities and, you know, preaching the ballad of, like, love and hate. You know, right hand, left hand. And he gets enthralled with this woman and her, like, two kids. And he kills her to, like, find the money mm-hmm. that her ex-husband stashed away before he was taken to prison right and it's it's this really weird movie and it's kind of hard to explain because it has this kind of storybook dreamlike quality to it but it's also gorgeous this movie has some of the best black and white cinematography i've ever seen and if you ever see people who have like love and hate tattooed on their knuckles that's where this comes from like oh, that, yeah. yeah. In um, Do the Right Thing, when he's telling, you know, old, old you know, left hand, right hand, Ballad of Love and Evil, this is where that comes from. That and also on on Instagram today, I don't know if it was Criterion or New Beverly, they posted a picture of that, and on his knuckles I saw, you know, uh, love. And I was yeah. just like, I'm like, I've never seen that before, but I, it caught my eye. I would recommend everybody see Night of the Hunter if you love movies. That movie's a masterpiece. I might I have to give it, it a watch. I, I got the Criterion. I figured you would, so let me borrow it after we finish recording this episode. I got you. What What's your next movie? So my number nine is Bride of Frankenstein from 1935, starring Boris Karloff, Colin Clive, and the gorgeous Elsa Lanchester as the bride. Bride of Frankenstein. No shit. Would never have guessed. I know. Completely, you know, out of left field for me. How many Bride of Frankenstein shirts do you own? Uh, that That's a strong answer. I'm thinking five, maybe. <laughs> That's a lot of shirts. Is it, though? Yeah, you know. So, I absolutely love The Bride of Frankenstein. It was really hard to kind of go between Frankenstein and The Bride, but I feel like the story's more more developed in The Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean, I've seen The Bride of Frankenstein a long, 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 long time ago, but I do remember, like, all the iconic stuff most people remember from Frankenstein is in The Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Because we watched Frankenstein not that long ago. And yeah. I was like, this movie's so short. Granted, it's just like iconic beat, iconic beat, iconic exactly. beat. Exactly. But it's only like an hour long. Yeah. And Bride of Frankenstein's an actual, like, movie. Like, there's, it's an actual film. But also, Elsa Lanchester is just a great actress overall, even though she's only on screen for, like, seven minutes in this movie. Yeah, it's the Hannibal Lecter thing. Yeah. Most iconic, the most iconic part of the movie is the one that was on for the least amount of screen time. Exactly. I getcha, I getcha. Alright. So, what is your number nine? My number nine is the actual best movie of all time, Citizen Kane. Uh, yeah, this isn't, this isn't me being like pretentious and being like, oh, it's the best film of all time and it's one of my favorites. No, like the movie's just really good. So, my first question. Mm-hmm. Have you already bought or pre-ordered 
the Criterion 4K Citizen King. I have, I have not. I don't own a 4K player, and I already When has owned, that ever stopped you? I already own my very fancy Blu-ray copy of uh, Citizen Kane. The, the I think it's the 55 or 70-year anniversary. I, I have no fucking idea. I think it's the 70-year anniversary. Yeah. Because 55 would have made this in like the mid-90s. So it's the 70-year anniversary of it. But yeah, I really love that movie. I've seen it dozen times and it gets better every time and the thing is with that movie when i watch it it's just it raises so many just like good questions like how do you sum up a man's life yeah you know and that's the whole point of the movie they're looking for rosebud what why would a man who has everything in the world uh, on his deathbed beckon to rosebud i'm like oh it's just such a really beautifully made film it's a wonderfully told story i i enjoyed beginning to end and orson wells is one of the the best filmmakers of all time but let's move on to the number eight on the list okay number eight on my list might shock you because i don't think you're gonna expect it okay young frankenstein 1974 (laughs) um okay all right. Now, I, I knew you liked Mel Brooks. I was like, I was not sure if it was going to be that or Blazing Saddles, but I'm glad it was Young Frankenstein. That was a tough pick because I really do love Blazing Saddles, High Anxiety, but it all comes back to the first Mel Brooks movie I watched, which was Young Frankenstein. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good Mel Brooks movie. Good Mel Brooks movie. It's also the original set and equipment from Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, it kind of comes full circle and it's just Frankenstein with comedy, which is... The best kind of Frankenstein. It just goes hand in hand. There's so much to that movie that I love. But what's your number eight pick? My number eight, uh, if you ever are on my personal Instagram, you will know this very quickly and it's The Iron Giant. Uh, I think this movie is the best animated film of all time bar none period this movie is great it's so human it's a wonderful story hits me right in the feels i am a grown-ass man and i will cry at the end of it every time every single time it's so good i love that movie it takes me back to being five years old every time interesting and i do like that movie a lot nice so my number seven which you probably won't be too shocked about is Jaws, 1975. Ooh, that's a good movie. That's a good movie to be on a favorites list. Good movie, good book. Have you read the book? I have the book, yes. Oh, re- have you read it, though? Yeah, I've read it. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's it's not that long of a read, but um, it's good. It's good? It's good. And yeah. I mean, I just, I love Jaws overall. I mean, even though Spielberg was just like, oh my god, this movie tried to kill me. Yeah, I heard it was, like, a horrible production. Yeah, and I mean, especially shooting it at sea, it's just like, my god, they lived what the characters in the movie lived, basically, towards the end when they're on the boat hunting Bruce. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Jaws. Is is that the movie you know the most random trivia about? Uh... It's gotta be up there, right? Because you you bring, you took us to one of those, like, Jaws screenings just because the guy who did the concept art for Bruce was there? Did the concept art. The man that built Bruce was there. We got to meet him. Really nice guy. Yeah. He signed my book. Yeah. I have a lot of facts about Joss. I love it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I can't help it. I get you. I get you. So what's your number seven pick? Oh, my number seven pick? It's, it might be the best Martin Scorsese film ever made, and it's Taxi Driver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This is one of those movies, I don't know why, but it just hit just at the right time yeah and watching it it's just 
Robert De Niro's such a good performance in that movie. Travis Bickle is one of those really broken characters that's just fascinating to follow. It's also just... Honestly, it's the Scorsese film I go back to just to remind myself that, no, this guy's a master. Yeah. And it's such a good... It's such a good movie for how, like, cheap it was made. And, yeah, I just... I think it's great. It's such a good movie. It's got De Niro. It's got De Niro in it. And Harvey Keitel's in it. Jodie Foster's in it. It's a great... Civil Shepard's in it. It is. But yeah. So, we're down to number six, right? Yeah, it should be number six. Number six, we did this movie for the podcast not too long ago. Mm. It is The Mummy, 1999. Yeah, that is currently our most viewed episode on YouTube. It is. We're rounding the 4,000 mark on that. Yeah, and it picked up a bunch of uh, subscribers from that episode. It really is uh, a good movie. It is surprisingly good for being a 1999 kind of effects action movie because a lot of the effects still hold up it's yeah. still a really fun adventure movie it's one of those movies that i'm i keep i'm being surprised at how well that movie held up it's an amazing movie yeah it is love an amazing it movie. we love brendan fraser we love rachel white's <sighs> i want to watch the mummy again okay but but why do you like it so much what what about it just hits you right in the feels like hits you hits you home what's it's the story it's a simple story about this evil mummy that comes back to life. And it's just, I don't, you know, there's this quote by Roman Polanski where it's, you know, um, watching movies should make you feel like you've left the theater and you're in the movie. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel when I watch The Mummy. I don't feel like I'm at home watching it. I feel like I'm experiencing the movie right in front of me. Oh, okay. So it's just one of those movies that just, that just takes me on the adventure with them. It's a good adventure. It is a good adventure. All right, all right. So that's number six? Number six for well, me. we have something in common. This movie we also did for the podcast. Okay. It's Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's masterpiece. I am surprised that this is so low on your list. I know, I know. It's my number six, because I this is the movie I've probably seen the most times of any movie. I mean, it. if I haven't seen this movie 50 times, it's fucking close yeah because this is a movie i watched on repeat it's so fascinating it's so visceral it's a movie that somebody said somebody described it as sam raimi is getting shots that should not be possible with the amount of money he does not have yeah it's just a pure display of just filmmaking talent it's such a fun bruce campbell performance basically being his first movie role yeah and it's it's campy and it really leans into it. It knows it doesn't have the best production, best budget, but it's so much fun. It's it, there are parts of it that are actually like really terrifying, and there's parts of it that are laugh out loud funny. Yeah, and it knows how to play that line perfectly. I watch this movie, and I'm like, this here, this is the kind of movies that I want to make because he just made it with a couple of friends in the middle of the woods for, like, no money. Like, that movie is an inspiration to every filmmaker who's ever seen it. Which, I mean, you do that with your friends. You guys, you know, come together and you make short films. Not in the woods. I feel like you guys we, would... We tried that once and it ended horribly. Exactly. You guys would end up killing each other because of just, you know, there's no water, there's no this, I'm gonna strangle you, you're not following the schedule. <laughs> but... I, you know, it happens. But, yes, this was Dean's... I feel like this was your favorite episode because you just ran with it. I would I would say it is not a good episode because it's not really a conversation. It's me rattling off 
evil dead facts that I've internalized to the point of Bible scripture, all right? I know these things. Because, I mean, Dean's filled with a ton of facts and knowledge, but I feel like Evil Dead, he knows every last thing about this movie. And even Sam Raimi would be like, really? We did that? Evil, I I um, made parts for a Sam Raimi flick for the set design for his re- most recent movie, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it's Doctor Strange, the new Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. And I drew, like, an Evil Dead logo thing on the back of the paperwork and it got sent off to, like, the warehouse thing. I was like, oh, shit. I really hope nobody finds that. That'd be way too cringy. (laughs) But I, yeah, I love that movie so much. All right. So we are down to number five. Number five. All my number five and up. These movies, I think, are just pure masterpieces. I think these are, like, almost, if not perfect movies. Ah. Yeah, I'd go the same with mine. Uh, my number five is The Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. Okay. Yeah, honestly, I'd have to say that's probably in the realm of one of those perfect movies. Or at least one of the most enjoyable movies. Because it's such a simple story, it's so much fun. That and also the work that went into this movie, because it's entirely stop-motion uh, stop animation. Mm-hmm. Which means it took three years for them to pose the figures to make it into a full feature length film. So you have, you know, the music that goes with this movie, which is amazing because mm. at the time there was no script when, uh, when Tim Burton brought it to Danny Elfman. So Danny Elfman composing and writing these songs kind of brought the story together versus the original poem that this movie was kind of slated on. Yeah. I know that, I know that people call this a Tim Burton movie, but he didn't direct it, right? He just produced it? No, at the time, I think he was working on uh, Edward Scissorhands, so he had to pass it over to Henry Selleck. Mm. But this is... It's still a Tim Burton movie. It's just not directed by him. It's the same thing where it's like the... Um, like Return of the Jedi and all that are not directed by George Lucas, but they're George Lucas movies. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, this is his story. Mm -hmm. It's just he passed it over to someone to completed for him and i mean it's a beautiful story it it is also it's a great performance by um oh god nick sarandon chris sarandon Sarandon. i don't know where i got nick from i don't know but chris sarandon who is in fright night another episode that we did this year yeah we got to meet him he was actually at a signing for Uh, nightmare before christmas yeah we met him and we met ken page who was oogie boogie and nightmare before christmas and just being able to be in their presence and hear their voices, it was just like, It freaked wow. you out when you heard... Um, Ken Page. Ken Page talk, because you're just like, you you just talk like that? He just talked like Oogie Boogie. It was the same with Chris Sarandon. It was just like, you are Jack Skellington. Like, th- what is going on? It, it was good. The it fourth was good. wall was broken. Uh, but what is your number five? My number five is John Carpenter's greatest film. Oh, His no. masterpiece, The Thing. <laughs> I I'm will, not surprised. I, unironically, this movie is one of the greatest horror films ever made. It's a masterpiece beginning to end. It uses paranoia, Lovecraftian elements of horror involved. It works with suspense. It, the effects in this movie are amazing. Kurt Russell, Keith David are great. Wilford Brimley is amazing in the small role he does have. The movie is, it also just has this atmosphere and feeling of just utter cold and isolation and paranoia. I love this movie so much. And it's one of those movies, you watch it and you just think about it and it's just like, this was John Carpenter 
basically giving like the blank check to make whatever he wanted and he made this and then he made Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. And I'm like another one of your favorite movies. One of my favorite movies, yes. It, it, that one just missed out on the list, but it And it's we did in my that for for the for the podcast, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so number 4. Mm-hmm. Which you're probably not going to be too surprised for me. It's Psycho. Yeah. 1960. Oh my god, I love this movie. I I know, I know. And yeah, it is a really good movie. It is a masterpiece. I personally is not my favorite Hitchcock movie, but I can't fault anybody for loving that movie. That movie's so good. There's just something about Psycho. It's just it's a very simple story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even the beginning, it's just you know, it's kind of slow moving, and then it just ramps up as soon as we get to the Bates Motel. Well, that's the crazy thing because the first half of the movie with uh, Janet Lee. Yeah, with uh, Marion Crane. Yeah, that part of the movie is is flawless there's not a bad thing about the first half of the movie i mean even the the intro oh yeah the intro is great i think the second half of the movie for me is where it kind of gets a little a little loose it doesn't get bad it just gets a little 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 Mm -hmm. loose with its plot yeah but it's still so so good the camera work is is amazing it's also fascinating to see alfred hitchcock work on a low budget because you you never get to see that shit yeah and it's just, you know, knocked it out of the ballpark because he was like, yeah, well, you know, let's try doing a, a suspense thriller. And it was just like, wow, one of the best ones of all time. Yeah. And I can't wait to do this for an episode. This is like, <laughs> this has been on my list since, you know, we started the podcast and I just haven't found the right place to put that episode in. But someday it'll be here. Someday it'll be on. Yes. I so what's you. your number four? My number four... Um probably surprisingly is the princess bride wow i wasn't expecting that from you yeah well this i think is one of the best adventure films ever made it has one of the best scripts by william goldman it has andre the giant it has andre the giant in it gary always has um chris sarandon again <laughs> uh and it, it's one of these movies you watch it and it's just it's it feels so much at home as it's far, also it's, your sister's favorite movie. Exactly. It's my sister's favorite movie, so I watched this, like, on loop growing up. Yeah. And it's one of those movies where, like, you watch and it's just, it feels so nice. And it's one of these things that it melds genres so well. It's an Errol Flynn action movie. It's an old school romance. It's this fantasy adventure film. And it, it, feel, it has a storybook quality to it. And Peter Falk playing the grandfather in yeah. this is... It's like he's everybody's granddad in that in that movie, and it's just and it so doesn't help nice. that you also love Columbo. I mean, hey, like Columbo's <laughs> great, but like I just I love that movie, like unabashedly love that movie. It's I also can watch really that movie funny anytime. too. It's hilarious. Anybody want a peanut? Oh, inconceivable! You know, it's so good, and th- it has the greatest sword fight in a, any movie, just because of how much goes into it, and and yeah, like that movie comes on at any time. I'm watching the whole thing. That and also. As you wish. As you wish. For your number three pick. For my number three, which is kind of controversial with us because we will argue over which is the best John Carpenter movie. Forever. And in in my humble opinion, it is Halloween 1978. The movie that started it all. Yeah, Halloween I really enjoy. I think it's one of the best slasher films. It's a great, like... It's a great, like, thriller, and it has a lot of atmosphere, and it really shows that John Carpenter can do so much with so little. 
But it's not as good as The Thing. But it is a great movie. But it has Michael Myers. It does. One of the best slashers of all time. My only issue with Halloween is that it gets worse with sequels. Well, we're not talking about sequels. We're talking about the original. Well, you're talking about Michael Myers and the mythology. But I'm saying I love the first one and I could take or leave every other one. The first one is great and I love it and I completely understand why you dig this movie. But, you know, I I honestly, I would recommend it to anyone and everywhere. I probably wouldn't recommend two through Halloween Kills. <laughs> hey, you liked Halloween 2018. Yeah, Halloween 2018 was good. Okay, so but, it's Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, you know, Halloween. but but Halloween 78, in my opinion, is a classic. We met Nick Castle, who was Michael Myers. We did. We met young Michael Myers. We met PJ Souls. PJ Souls. Um... We've met a couple of other Michael Myers that were attached to the uh, the original <laughs> yeah, movie, yeah. so this is this is the one that you're like, I want everybody's signature. Hey, if I'm gonna do the poster, it's got to have everybody on it. Those from the first movie. You, have you posted anything about your poster? No, not yet. I'm saving that. Eventually, you're gonna have to start posting updated videos of uh, Boo's uh, Michael posters. Yes, eventually I will. But what is your number three pick? My number three pick is by my favorite director of all time, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, man. Cue in the music. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I love this movie. I have film cells from it. I have posters from it. You're welcome. Yes, you got me the film cells for it. I've seen this movie in theaters on 35. You're welcome. Yes, we did that for our anniversary. I adore this movie. I've seen it a, a bunch of times. It's one of these movies that hits you just right and it's this perfect like intellectual film that has these big questions about humanity what's it mean to be human what is the consequences of just this unbearable weight of consciousness and it is so good i love this movie and it's also borderline a silent movie because it is just quiet at some points where you're just like freaking out the opening of the film the dawn of man sequence you can watch as a silent film yeah and that is just a testament to the masterful like craftsmanship of the film and the, the the movie's a masterpiece, and I ah, and I I know we went to see it in the theater, and you were fucking clawing your eyes out because you're like, can we please get this movie over with? And I'm sitting there, it's like, yo, after this is done, are they showing another another f- showing? I'll I'll run this bitch back right now. Yeah, and they were doing a, a double feature, and we almost almost stayed for that, and <laughs> I just like I was like, I can't, I can't do it back to back, like no. I'm sorry. Why do you hate all things I love? I don't. I don't. But we're getting sh- close to the end of this list. So yes, we are. Number two for me, and it's an episode we just recently did, is La La Land from 2016. Yeah, of course it's La La Land because it's every classic Hollywood musical rolled up into one nice ball. And all, you know, the Hollywood locations and LA locations that I love to go and visit. It's a beautiful movie. It's a, it's a love letter to... Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, my Which God. is your favorite thing in the world. Los Angeles, yes. yes. I love LA. LA's my home. Ah, oh, man. Great movie. Can we talk about it again? No, Scott. Everyone out there, we recorded the La La, Na- La La Land episode, and we were like, okay, we're done recording. And then we came back 10 minutes later because Boo had to talk more about the movie. And then I still added, wasn't done, we but... We added on another, like, 30 minutes onto the recording, and then we're like, okay, we gotta go home. And then drive back, you're just like, hey, do you think we can, like, add another, like, talking bit to it? Because I got more to say. And, like, we... Oh, my God, no. Can we Can we stop? We it's a great movie. So 
It is a good movie. It's a really fun movie. I appreciate that movie. I have, uh, in that episode I mentioned, eh, there's some things that rub me the wrong way, but it's still a really fun movie. The we fact that you're Seb? Everyone. Yeah, 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 it's fine. But yeah, it's a great movie. Great movie. I love it. Highly recommend it. But what is your number two movie? My number two movie was uh, a movie that we watched on the podcast that you did not like, and it hurt my soul. Oh, and that so is, dramatic. And that is Harold and Maude. I fucking love this movie. This is a movie I've seen maybe four times, something like that. And it gets me every time. That ending just hits just right. The characters are these are so weird, but like you I just invest in them. It's such a fun, wacky, weird romance movie. It's a movie that you watch and you're like, how how does this movie exist? It's this pitch black comedy that's also this like romance film that's also dealing with like life and death and like and like what to do with your life and and it's such a good movie i love that movie this is one of movies great this is one of the few movies where you were demanding tears out of me at the end of it and i was just like i can't give them to you because it's just it it doesn't touch me the way that it touches you where it just makes you cry heartless damn it i mean i've never not said I wasn't heartless. I'm like, I will, you know, put that on the record and, you know. Cry at everything. It's yeah, fun. you know, zero heart right here. But it's just like, no, it, it just didn't, it just didn't get to me the way that it gets to you. And I mean, I remember the first time you watched this and you texted me, you're like, oh my God, I'm crying in the middle of my classroom right now. And it's just like, and I'm like. That movie just fucking hit. And I'm like, I did someone sit on your hit. lunch? I'm like, what would cause a reaction out of Dean like this? <laughs> that movie is so good and i and i get it right it might be a thing it just hit me just at the right point at the right time whatever and now i just can't walk away from it but that movie is so much fun it's so funny i adore that movie well it is for a particular taste though i will admit that (laughs) yes yes it is and we're moving on to our number one picks. Yes, ones we've spoiled a million times if anyone is listening to this podcast yes so mine I can't believe we did that at the beginning of this year. It feels like we did it a long time ago. Yeah, honestly, I was looking back and I was like, oh, that was like our third or fourth episode, right? And like, no, no we were like months in. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah. this is my all-time favorite movie, Rebel Without a Cause, 1955, starring James Dean, Salminio, Natalie Wood. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it is a great movie. It is, it is one of those movies where, yeah, there's not a lot I can add on to it. It's a movie where... James Dean is giving a great performance. Salminio is doing, like, a great performance. Natalie Wood is giving an okay performance. I'm sorry. But it's no, a she great gives movie. A, she gives a good performance in the character that is she that she has written to be in this movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, we get all the, the great stuff at the Griffith Observatory. It's another love letter movie to kind of that L.A. area. In the 1950s, yeah. And it's just, it's very interesting to see, you know, where it was shot in LA and see it standing till this day and it's just you know it's never going to change it's it's one of these movies that will stick you know with film history forever because it has such a huge impact yeah and it's weird cuz this is i feel a lot of the movies we've talked about on the list are movies that you 
that you've seen when you were like younger. Mm-hmm. But this one was like when you saw it in high school. Yeah. Maybe? I, I was maybe like 16 or 17 when I saw this for the first time. Literally the exact right age for this movie. Exactly. So it's like I was able to empathize with the characters in this movie. And I think that's what made it my favorite because it felt like they're talking to me. They're talking to a fellow teenager and we're being heard versus... Mm-hmm. You know, adults just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a simple problem. You'll get over it. Things will change. And at that time, it feels like nothing's ever going to change. You listened to so much My Chemical Romance in high school, didn't you? Emo for life, baby. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go to Dean's number one favorite movie, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Oh, God, no. Uh, it It has been my favorite movie since I was a wee lad. It is the first movie I consciously remember ever seeing. And that is Back to the Future. And for a long time, and this is this is a true story, um, right around when I was in middle school, I, I stopped watching Back to the Future because I'd seen it a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. It was like it was one of those movies where as a kid you just watch it on repeat over yeah. and over because you loved it. Middle school, I was like, alright, I put the movie away. I you know, I'm done. It'll be fine. And I didn't watch it for like 10, 15 years. And then we did, like, the double feature podcast, yeah. right? And David was like, oh, we're going to do Back to the Future and Raiders. And I was a little apprehensive because I was like, look, I loved Back to the Future when I was a kid. I don't want to watch it again now that I've gone to, like, film school and all these theory stuff. I don't want to analyze a part of my childhood and find out it's bad. I don't want that. And I watched it, and I'm like, no. This movie has the greatest script ever written. It is one of the greatest acting performances by everyone involved. By Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, every supporting member in there, even Chris, even um, Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. It has some of the best best effects of the '80s. It has such a fun adventure. It has such a great comedy. The movie is possibly the closest to pure perfection we will ever get in cinema. All right. You've seen the clock tower with your own eyes. I've seen it with my own eyes. I have. We've I've seen the high school. Seen the high school. I've seen the, the DeLorean. I've, you've seen the mall, which you've passed by for years, yes. and it took me pointing it out to you. That you, it was the Twin Pines Mall, and it's mm, up in La Puente. Mm, I have. Uh, I've seen the sign. I have mm-hmm. touched the real DeLorean, the yeah. screen used one. I love this movie with a passion. I will never stop loving this movie. It is my favorite movie of all time. I don't know if it'll always be at number one, but it will always be on my list forever and ever and ever. I think it'll be a number one for you always. I know. Because in, even, in, in even, my heart. even with a 10, 15 year break, which I'm surprised that oh, you yeah. didn't watch it for that long. I, I made a conscious decision. You know, I was like, all right, I love this when I was a kid. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to high school and stuff. I should probably put away the childish things, right? I made that conscious decision. <laughs> Come on, put away the childish things. Yeah, 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 whatever. But I made that decision. I was like, all right, it'll be fine. And then, you know, I came back to it and it was glorious. But yeah. So yeah, those are our top 10 favorite movies. Yeah, and uh, before we clock off here, we do have a couple of questions that um, some people asked us. And we're just going to like rattle them off real quick and yeah. try and answer some of them. Uh, you have a, a couple of questions and from then, those? Yeah, and then you have a couple. So I'm going to start off with first question. I know the answer, but why don't you tell everybody, who's your favorite director? Stanley Kubrick, uh, by far, easily. Um, I love every one of his movies. I don't think he's ever made a bad film. Even the movies that are mediocre from him are still leagues ahead of anybody else i think 
2001 is a masterpiece. Clockwork Orange, masterpiece. The Shining. The Shining, masterpiece. The guy, every time he touched a different genre, he revolutionized the genre from that point on. Uh, Barry Lyndon is a feast for the eyes. I think anybody who's interested in photography, painting, visual arts should watch Barry Lyndon. Dr. Strangelove says so much about humanity. Love that movie. Love the movie forever. Love this director forever and ever. I mean, the fact that he was a photographer before he was a... A filmmaker. He was a photographer for Look Magazine. He hustled chest in New York forever to make rent money. The guy was weird and eccentric, and he made amazing works of fiction. But uh, what about you? Favorite director? I kind of had to do some soul searching because (laughs) I know you, Stanley Kubrick, all the way. Yeah. Um, For a while, I thought, you know, Spielberg, because he's made so many great movies, and I love all his movies. But I, you know, came back around. It's got to be Tim Burton for me. I told you it was Tim Burton. Like, this, we saw this question on, like, the, the, the list thing, and I was like, hey, boo, so you're going to be Tim Burton, right? And you're like, no, it's not. It's going to be, like, Spielberg or something. And of course it's fucking Tim Burton. I had to do some soul searching, and I'm like, well, like, let's how see. Deep was I'm that like, search? Was, that, was the purse only, like, three inches deep? I mean, I don't know. I just had to sit there. I'm like, well, yeah, I love a lot of Tim Burton's movies. And I'm like, wow, a lot of Tim Burton's movies have shaped my life. And I'm like, thank you, Tim Burton. You've really helped me embrace my inner goth and emo-ness. Thank you. Yeah, like, you want me to just go through the list of the Boo's real favorite movies? It's like Beetlejuice. It's Edward Scissorhands. Like, Pee-wee's like Big, Big Adventure, Adventure. Sleepy Hollow. Batman. Batman. Corpse Bride. Um, there, there you go. Like, that. List goes on. Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I, just, I just like how mine was just like, oh, we know this. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, I had to do this soul search. And I was like, oh, she's going to say like Bergman or, or John Ford? Tim Burton? Oh, fucking course. There's no soul searching there. Look at any of your t-shirts. I can't help it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Tim Burton is my favorite director. Thank All you, right. Tim. Uh, let's see. Movie that changed your life. It, um, it's probably going to be Back to the Future, right? Or is it going to be something that you saw in film school that... Okay, so this is, it's not a movie, it was a, well, it's technically a movie, but it was like a, a short documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but you can find it on YouTube. It's uh, James Rolfe, who was the angry video game nerd. Um, it's a documentary about him that mm-hmm. some classmates of him did while he was in film school in like Philadelphia or something. And it's like five minutes long, and it just talks about him and how he, growing up, he made these like really kind of crummy short horror films and how he always wanted to make films and kind of like his dreams and what he wanted to do but he's talking in such a like unpretentious and really like real human way and i was watching and i'm like yeah i think i want to make movies because as he's talking i'm like me and him are like exactly the same yeah growing up we were both into like universal monsters both into like metal rock music we were both like basically kind of from the same realm and i was like yeah, why the fuck do I want to be an English teacher? I don't care about, you know, the, like, teaching the written word. I watch movies all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I most of the stuff I write about is just writing about shit I've seen in movies. Why don't I just want make movies? That movie changed my life. It made me completely change my major. I watched that video for, like, two or three times and changed my major in college the next day. Interesting. What, what about you? Uh, well... It's a series of movies, but it <laughs> all pick one. it all started with Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Everything leads back to Universal Monsters with me. Um, yeah, it was a rainy day, and my grandma kind of just like, "Hey, I'm gonna leave this on for you." And it was TCM, and they were having like a whole Universal Monsters um, 
just back-to-back movies for the day and my eyes just were like glued to the screen. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it just kind of created this love for cinematography and set design and just the history of film from a young age. And I'm still on that track of, I got to know everything. I got to see film locations. It really, yes, you know, it, I don't think anybody knows this about you. No, or... no, not at all. But mm-hmm. it, it started the the path and the journey that I've been on. So I got to credit my grandma with that. Cause it was just, it blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, Frank, those universal monster movies, a lot of people, when they see them really young, all, all of them leave an impact. Yeah. Well, like, the Invisible Man just missed out on my top ten list. Like, Yeah, just I, I'm out. surprised because you love The Invisible Man. It's a great movie. It's one, probably one of Claude's Reigns' best performance, and he was in Casablanca. Yeah. But, as it goes, I know I know we got like, I don't know, 10, 20-something questions people were asking us. But, yeah, so let know. me rattle off a couple more. So, this is a two-parter. Favorite episode that we've done and least favorite episode that we've done? Uh, I know the least favorite. That one's really easy. That was our Gangs in New York episode. That, yeah. You, we can agree on that one? Yeah, that's my answer, too, for least favorite. Yeah, that one, uh, I recommended it. I thought, oh, this is going to be just a, a nice, like, three... It's like a three-hour Scorsese movie. Yeah, we'll be it's able to a talk, long movie. We'll be able to talk about so much in it. And then when we finished <laughs> it, it was kind of like, man, this was a... Kind of a dud movie, right? Yeah, I mean the movie wasn't bad. It was just we... there wasn't a there wasn't anything to chew on, which yeah, is weird. Because I mean we talked a lot about you know Daniel Day Lewis and a lot about Leo, and it was just kind of like it devolved into us reading off IMDb trivia very quickly. Yeah, so... usually the thing we leave is like oh the little treat at the end of the episode where we talk like. I don't know, for five minutes about some trivia of the movie, that became the whole, like, 20-minute, 20-30-minute episode. Yeah, so not our best, but... Not really. That one just came down to not a lot of research, and also we uh, may or may have picked a movie we were not ready to watch, because that was, like, really early. Yeah. What was your favorite? Um, our, my favorite episode. Honestly, it, it might be Eraserhead. Which is like that was an third, early one. It was like a third or fourth episode. Well, because we were talking and it was, um, it really was a conversation between yeah. us where it was, you know, oh, I, I did all this random weird research because I really like Eraserhead. Yeah. And I like David Lynch movies. And you were like, I don't understand it. I mean, you were like, I get the movie. It's an interesting movie, but what's what's up with this movie and it was this really just kind of nice organic dialogue between yeah. us of trying to figure out a racer head yeah which philosophers have been doing for centuries but yeah i really like that episode i have a i have another one that's way more recent but i think that's your favorite it might be because my favorite was giant yeah that's the other one i mean i've seen this movie a bunch of times but it was interesting to go in and see you watch it for the first time and see you fall in love with it because i really thought you were gonna have you know, the opposite, you know, coming out of it being like, oh, well, it was long. It was kind of boring. And I, you were just like, this is amazing. I love the family drama. I, I like, had work <laughs> at fucking 5 a.m. the next day. And I was like, I'm going to watch the first like hour of this movie. And then I'm going to go to sleep. We stayed up till what? Like two, three o'clock in the morning? Two, three in the morning. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't walk away from this. This is so good. I'm sitting there eating popcorn. Rock Hudson is fucking killing it. Liz Taylor is, is killing it. James Dean killing it dennis hopper killing they're all killing it in this movie it's such a good movie actually okay i got a question on uh on right here and it's kind of piggybacking off of that one okay it's uh what movie surprised you the most both good and bad 
And um, Giant for me was the one that surprised me the most because I thought it was going to be shit. And I also thought it was going to be a totally different movie. Yeah, because Dean was talking a lot of shit before we, you know, watched it and recorded it. And I'm like, look, homeboy, you're going to end up really liking this movie. I love this homeboy. movie. Okay. I call you this all the time. Shut up. So, movie that surprised me, I kind of had to go through the list because we've seen... I think 66, or we're getting close to 70 episodes. Yeah. So, in like 70 odd episodes, I think the one that I kind of disliked the most was Stay Alive. The really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay Alive is also in the running for one of our worst episodes. Yeah, because I... That I, whole episode was just me being like, you should have watched the director's cut. I'm so sorry. Because you were like, movie. when you pitched it to me, you're like, it's a 2000s movie. Frankie Muniz is like awesome i'm like i love you <laughs> it's know it's a 2000 horror film it was the only slasher film done by disney it's mm. all this other stuff Too we much. watched it we watched it together and you're like "Ooh, you're like this is making me cringe and i'm like well this is my first time watching it what am i supposed to you know expect from this so it wasn't that great but uh, a movie that surprised me that i really enjoyed was jacob's ladder yeah yeah, I was really happy that you liked Jacob's Ladder. I really dig that movie. Yeah, never seen it before. I mean, it was just an experience. Mm -hmm. And I love that movie now. You're welcome. You're yes, welcome. thank you. Okay, there is one movie for mine that surprised me that I disliked it so much. And I'm so sorry, but it's Adam's Family Values. I was surprised... Because I was watching that movie and my entire memory was just the first film. Yeah. And then we watched it, and I'm like, this movie's kind of bad. And, uh, but granted, it's not, though. Well, that was the thing, because you were, like, defending it, like, adamantly. And I was like, boo. Like, I was going from, I'm kind of indifferent, to now I have to stake my claim on this hill. This movie is the worst. It's horrible. And I, I actually went back, like, recently to give it a rewatch. I'm like, okay. It's, it like, people watch it on YouTube, and then it gets a lot of listens. I'm like, I gotta check. Like, am I wrong? Like, is this actually a good movie? I'm just not giving the benefit of the doubt. No, that movie's shit. <laughs> that is in your opinion, because I love Adam's Family Values. Great film. It is what it is. I mean, even, you know, comments on YouTube, people love Adam's Family Values, not just Adam's Family. So, yeah, your worst is my best. I mean, I'll take that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So, any more questions on your side? Um, yeah, let me look here. Because uh, I've got one more on my list. Oh, okay. Well, we'll throw that one out here because I got a few, like, written out on a bunch on a bunch of these things. Okay. Which movie do you wish we could have turned into an episode this year that got put on Ooh. the chopping block? Oh, oh, okay. Because there's only two episodes I remember that we ever cut, right? And one of them was Team America, World Police. Oh, God, and that one was just like... <laughs> well, that one, I remember because we were, we watched that one. And we were like, I finished watching the movie. And I think you got like halfway through it. And then you you texted me because we had to watch them separately. Yeah. And you were like, we're not doing this movie. I'm like, what do you mean? And I think, did you send me a picture of the, of the doll sex scene? Or did you just tell no. me it's like I got to the part where he's shitting on her face and then if that was the end of the message like okay we'll do something else. No, I got to the doll sex scene and I'm like what the fuck is this? And then you're like all right go watch something else. I'm like yeah yeah thanks. That, that one was just misjudging. I I guess it was just misjudging the kind of movies we would both get a kick out of. Because honestly it's by the it's by Trey Parker Matt Stone. It's a really funny movie. It's a big social commentary on. Yeah. You know, that early 2000s kind of, like, you know, climate. And it's yeah, a, it and was a 
that was that movie I wish we could have done an episode on, but I understand why that never happened. Yeah, there was also, at the time that we wanted to upload that episode, there was a lot of turmoil going on, so I'm like, we don't need to add more oh, fuel God, to the fire. I don't think like, it would mattered. I think, I think that was one of the whole things, like, okay, we'll justify it like this, and I'm like, but in reality, it's like, I don't... This might just be another, like, Gangs in New York episode. And I was just like, bruh. I'm like, the, the, the whole movie going through, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, all right. And then it's just like, doll sex scene. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm out. I'm like, I, I tried to, you know, fight my way through it. I'm like, you yeah. You finished Eraserhead for me. You couldn't finish uh, Team America. I will go on the record. Eraserhead is a better movie than Team America. Okay. Okay. I'll, I, hey, I'm, I'm teaching you something. But the only other one I remember us ever cutting, and this is the reason we did... Um, House on Haunted Hill, and it was Mandy, the Panos Cosmatos film from 2016. Mm. We actually recorded that episode. Yeah. And then, I think at the end of it, we looked at each other and we're like, this is a bad episode, right? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was just, we were tired, because we were doing a lot of recording back-to-back, and it was just, just kind of came out of that one, like, oh, you know, that wasn't our best work. And, And everybody out there, like... We're not saying we're good at podcasting. No. There's probably a far more bad takes on this show than yeah. good ones. So you can imagine how bad Mandy was. Yeah. It was, we looked at it and we're like, yeah, let's just, let's just do a different movie. And I love that movie. That movie is great. Yeah. And I, I think we, it's a, such a good movie, but we had so little to actually talk about. And I mean, uh, we both agreed that we'll come back to it. Yeah. It's not something that we're going to completely, you know, cross off the list. We're going to come back to it with fresh eyes and a different perspective and redo it because even though we couldn't say a lot at the time, there's still a lot that we can say in the future about this movie. Yeah. Okay. I got another one here. Well, I didn't get to answer the question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Excuse me. I ramble a lot. Yes, all the time if you guys haven't heard Dean before. So two movies I wish that we could have done this year but didn't really fit in the schedule was The Artist. Yeah. That one, I absolutely love that movie, but maybe we'll do a theme month where we do maybe silent movies. Uh, sure. I mean, I I know a couple of silent movies that I think you would really like. Um, I think that one would just be, it would be really weird to do a month of silent films because I feel like we can get a lot out of the artist, but I don't know how much we can get out of things like Dr. Caligari or like Nosferatu. Or Chaplin. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll watch. Yeah, we'll watch your your Chaplin kicks. Ugh. Hey, I mean, coming from the guy that's stolen half of my Chaplin collection. Hey, you keep handing it over to me. I don't right, know, I don't right. Know the problem here. That, and I also wish we could have made um, a Bride of Frankenstein episode this year, but we just couldn't really fit it into our schedule. So yeah, we did that three months of horror movies, and then like an, an additional like month of horror movies somewhere else in the year i think so but it just those were all like really specifically themed though and that's why we missed it yeah so it's like we we couldn't get it to line up right so hopefully next year maybe it'll make the cut along with your movies yeah but you can never tell at the film club it's true but i got i got a few of these and these are a lot more just like upkeep questions sure this is gonna be a deep one okay why did you start the podcast uh this is something that i've wanted to start since we started dating because it feels like we've been doing this show for like the past almost eight years, 
because when we met, um, we would go to this cafe in Fullerton called uh, Rialto Cafe. Yeah. And what the was... The only thing I could think of to talk to you about when we were first dating was, I'll just talk to her about movies. I know a lot about movies. But everyone loves movies, right? Well, that and what made Rialto Cafe so special was that they would show movies throughout the day and we'd be there for breakfast mm. every morning when we had classes and it would be a different movie and we'd get to watch a good amount of the movie together and kind of analyze and we talk about it on our way to school and coming home. So from early on, I was like, well, I really like this rapport that we have. Mm -hmm. I would like to turn it into a podcast where we could just plan out movies and talk about movies. And once the pandemic came, it was just kind of like, well, everybody got a podcast when the pandemic came pretty much. I was like, well, let's start it and see where we can go. And I've had a fun time doing this. Me too. Me too. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember you asked me when I was doing the double feature with, uh, with David, with David. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I really started liking doing podcasts. And you're like, oh, wait, he knows how to do this now. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So yeah, it was super fun. And I guess that also leads into the other one of how long do you want to do the podcast? And I, I understand there's some point where I will want to retire. Well, but, I mean, uh, you know, you know Mister Podcast himself, who's you know starting a new podcast just about every other day. I like talking. I, to I, people. Yes, dialogue is the spice of life. Oh, does Dean love to talk? But I don't really see an end date because there's just so many movies out there. Well, I mean, I don't expect us to watch and talk about every movie ever. But I mean, I would. I don't think we would ever stop. It would probably think we would slow down. Yeah. It would go from being like once every week to maybe like once a month. But I don't think we would ever stop. I don't think this would ever get retired. No, I mean, it's weird because coming into this, I was very nervous and wasn't sure we'd be able to kind of pull this off. And now it's your end goal was, oh, we're gonna do this till we get that Joe Rogan money. Uh, no, (laughs) I don't think so. Your end goal. No, I don't think we'll ever get Joe Rogan money. But it, I just wanted us to kind of do something that matters to the both of us because from it's the something that's easier for both of us to talk about. Well, that and you know we've always have that deep seated love for movies, so it's just kind of like why don't we put this thing that we're passionate about into a project and see where we can take it? And I've had a blast. I mean, it's we've a lot of fun. We've talked about movies. We've gone to locations. We've gone to events, mm. and I'm excited to see where we go in the future with this. Same, I can't wait. And, okay, this one is probably also just a really important one for anybody out there who wants to do a podcast. And we've probably weeded out all the people who don't want to do them because we've been talking so long. Yes. But what did you wish you knew when you started the podcast that you know now? Uh, Be prepared to research because we do a lot of research, or at least I do a lot of research for each episode and it's a lot of planning because it's not just oh you know we'll just rattle off the movies you know each week as they come it's like no you got to plan them out you know far enough in advance so you have times and you know scheduling so it's just be prepared oh god yeah my biggest thing i wish i knew was how much work actually doing editing on these is because i mean i people don't know this but i do all the post for this i do all the um editing for the episodes i do all like the sounds and the setups and all the Mm -hmm. recordings and stuff like that and you know i send it off to use and you post it everywhere and do all the social media stuff but yeah this shit is so much work and it is such a pain in the ass but this leads us to the final question what is the plan for next year at the film club next year as in the beginning of the year 
Yes. Yes, that one. Because, man, it's already 2022, which means we got a whole other year of movies. But to kick it off, we're going to be doing the entire Scream franchise in January. Yes, we are. We're going to do Screams 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, the newest one. And our first episode, if you guys, you know, remember, is the original Scream by Wes Craven. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing a retrospective coming out with Scream 2, so be prepared for that. And I'm excited. Yeah, me too. This is also going to be a thing where we're going to be doing a lot more different things next year. It's still going to be us talking about movies, still probably very casual conversation yeah but we're going to be doing a lot more different movies the theme months are going to be probably less restrictive but they're also going to be a lot of fun that was another question that we missed on our list what was our favorite theme month oh had to be anime month yeah 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 had to been may because that one we got to do perfect blue we got to do the two miyazaki films pokemon that one was probably the most fun mm-hmm. month to do. I know I know the one I liked the least was camp month. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, camp was a, little, was a little rough, yeah. Disappointment after disappointment. Uh, heavyweights was the only gold in that. But, yeah, that was the thing about uh, Well, no, month. Adam's Family Values is the one that, oh, that, that topped out. Right. <laughs> Dean was so mad. The movie that I thought was the worst we'd ever watched was the best was the most listened to episode of that entire month that's right yeah but anime month absolutely that's by far my favorite month that one i think we had the most good movies in a row we had the most like fun conversations i thought it was by far the best one interesting what what about you i'm gonna agree anime month absolutely love it so anime month will be coming back i'm excited yeah but yeah so i guess we'll we'll i'll spoil the first like couple months because we know what at least January, February, and May are going to be. Because yeah. May is anime month. Uh, January is going to be our scream. Screaming into the new year. Yeah. And then February, we're going to do a Tarantino uh, big retrospective. But that's yeah. going to be the whole month of February. Yeah. But if you wanted to keep up with that, where can they go? Well, if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Yes, you can go to our YouTube channel in the frame. That's right, in the frame on YouTube, where you can find this podcast and the Film Odyssey podcast. And also, this year, we're going to try our best to do things other than just podcast on our YouTube page. Hopefully, you'll actually see more content on there, so go check it out. And, I don't know, have fun. It'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be a fun trip. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Film Club Podcast. And with that... See everybody next week at the film club. Happy New Year.